This time of year, it's, it's supposed to be a time of, you know, happiness, peace, joy, right? It's supposed to be, hey, right? Even the world markets that fact. Even the world markets it. They make a lot of money off of it, don't they? But it seems to me like each year we get further and further away from that peace and the joy that we're supposed to be experiencing every year. You know, it seems like this time of year, not seems, it's, it's facts. This time of year, there's, there's more sadness, there's more depression, there's more angst than in any time of the year. It's, it's just, it's, it's prevalent. It's, you study the, 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 the statistics and everything, it's just, it's hard to read. But the fact of the matter is, is that where do we find true peace and joy? The only place, it doesn't matter if it's now in December or if it's in January, if it's June, if it's July, if you're out on the boat, you're fishing, it don't matter what time of year it is, the only time where we can find true peace and true joy is through Jesus, simply. And if we try to say outside of that, that we can have true peace and true joy without Jesus, we're fooling ourselves because we can't, it, it's, just, it's just not possible. You know, I absolutely love watching football. We all know this. My son lost yesterday in the playoffs. You know, it's like, ugh. You know, and, and is this a funny, dumb example? Yes, but is my true peace and joy and my son winning his football games? If it is, <laughs> epic fail, right? Is your true peace and joy in, I don't know, whatever? There's a million things you can put. If that's the only place you find your true peace and joy, it will fail. And you're setting yourself up for failure. If you'll turn with me to James chapter 2. James chapter 2, we're going to be reading verses 14 through 26. And the reason I started out talking about true peace and true joy is because two weeks ago we were talking about entering into a peace. Entering into God, what God has for us, okay? And so today we're, we're going to be talking about works, not of works. Not of works. So James chapter 2 verse 14 says, What good is it, my brothers, if someone says he has faith but does not have works? Can that faith save him? Isn't that interesting right there? Man, you want to blow up some doctrinal stuff. Let's just, just, let's just hang right there for a second. Can faith save him? Hmm. Verse 15, if a brother or a sister is poorly clothed and lacking in daily food, and one of you says to them, go in peace, be warm and filled without giving them things needed for the body, what good is that? So also faith by itself does not, if it does not have works, is dead. But someone will say, you have faith and I have works. Show me your faith apart from your works and I will show you my faith by my works. You believe that God is one, you do well. You believe that God is one, you do well. Even the demons believe and shudder. You know what, that, I'm going to stop for just a second. That, that's really important for us to remind ourselves of daily, truthfully. 
This isn't something we should just remind ourselves once in a great while. The fact is, is that, yes, we believe in God. What he's saying here, John 20, 23, almost 2024 20, version, cool. Glad you believe in God. That's awesome. Word. But so do demons. What is your action showing compared? The demons believe in Jesus, but do you think they'll be saved at the end? No. So just because you may believe in Jesus doesn't really mean a whole lot. Faith without works is dead. Do you want to be shown, verse 20, do you want to be shown? <laughs> oh, the Bible makes me laugh. Do you want to be shown, you foolish person, that faith apart from works is useless? Was not Abraham our father justified by works when he offered up his son Isaac on the altar? You see that faith was active along with its works and faith was completed by his works. And the scripture was fulfilled that says, Abraham believed God and it was counted to him as righteousness. And he was called a friend of God. You see that a person is justified by works and not by faith alone. And in the same way, was not also Rahab the prostitute justified by works when she received the messengers and sent them out by another way? For as the body apart from the spirit is dead, so also faith apart from works is dead. So in our, in our, our study books, we're going to be on page 20. Not of works. Works are those things we do, those tasks we accomplish. A subject of debate in biblical days as well as today, works are of importance, but must be kept in proper perspective. And what that said is so true, there is, there is such a debate there. And obviously, guess what? Back when James was writing it, it was still a debate then. So apparently over the centuries, not a lot has changed. We still want to debate faith and works instead of just relying on what the word says. Faith without works is dead. You can't have faith alone. You can't have works alone. You cannot work your way into heaven, right? And a lot of this is, some of this is basic. But as we've been teaching over the past years, it's time to get back to basic and remember why we believe the basic. We need to do that. We need to be reminded. In Ephesians 2, 8 and 10, I'm going to run over there real quick. Ephesians 2, 8 through 10. It says this. We all know it. For by grace you have been saved through faith and that not of yourselves, it is a gift of God, not of works, lest any man should boast. For we are his workmanship created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. Right? Paul said, for by grace, we have been saved through faith that not of ourselves, it is a gift from God. So that alone sets it all up. The, the, the teaching, the preaching of Pastor Amanda, we are being 
ing, I-N-G, we're being saved, right? We're being saved, and we will not have been saved until we shed this mortal body and we arrive in heaven. At that point, we can rest in the fact of having been saved, okay? We, we, all, we all there? Just as God rested from his work of creation, the one who trusts in Christ rests in what God has done for him. He has ceased striving to achieve salvation by his own efforts and in daily life has begun to learn a dependence upon the Holy Spirit. However, we are held accountable for our actions in light of the truth we have gained. This is a really cool statement. A faith that cannot be seen is not true faith. I want to say that again. A faith that cannot be seen is not true faith. What do you mean, John? When my mom died, that was a good test for me. And guess what? I epically failed it. Boy, I didn't, I didn't just kind of failed it. I was like, lights and neon signs failed, crashed and burned. I had faith, but apparently <laughs> I did not because it wasn't true faith. Because if I had true faith in the midst of that, I would have had confidence knowing that, okay, God, I don't get this, I don't like this, I'm not good with this, but I have faith knowing that whatever the reasoning is behind this, you have a purpose. It's for your glory, not mine. And that's, so, oh, I think that's something we get mixed up with a lot, don't we? We wanna have our glory. We wanna have our glory. We, we want everybody to say, oh, I'm just gonna use me for example. Man, that was a great teaching this morning. Oh man, that was a great prayer service or a great singing or a great, it's not about us. It has nothing to do with us. It has everything to do with him, pointing others to him, glorifying him in everything we do. Every work that we do should be with the goal of glorifying Jesus in it. That's our purpose. That's why we're here, to point others to him. That's why we're here. This time of year, we don't need to lose in the distraction of everything, that concept. Everything we do should be pointed towards him. Everything we say, everything we do. We need to stop getting caught up in the, never mind, I'm gonna stop that. One of the questions here, it says, what message does your life give others about the reality of your faith? What message does your life give others about the reality of your faith? It takes works to get somewhere, right? Elder Jeff. <laughs> it took a lot of work to get that seed planted, did it not? But then, however months later, you reap the harvest. But if you didn't do that work, even with the assistance of a tractor, it wouldn't have, it wouldn't have been anything later, would it? No harvest. Oftentimes, we like to complain because we haven't received a harvest. Well, did you put the work in? 
to receive that harvest? What message does your life give others about the reality of your faith? Do you have faith enough knowing that, God, you told me to give X amount of dollars. Well, God, if I give that X amount of dollars, that leaves me pennies in the bank. I've got a bill due Monday. How do I do that? What does your faith say about your walk? Is it easy? It's not. In the human realm where we live, no, it's, it's not really easy. I believe it's taught too much that faith and works are easy. It is not easy. Walking this Christian life is not easy. Pastor Caleb and I, <laughs> as we do, we, we, we jump down rabbit holes. And we start texting each other. And it could be two hours later. And we're like, oh, yeah, I better get back to work. And One thing we got talking about last week is storms. Storms in life. And this isn't necessarily something I can teach on 100% right yet. But when you look in the Bible, everywhere Jesus went, there was a storm, mostly. <laughs> he was walking on the water, there was a storm. He was laying in the boat, there was a storm. The Holy Spirit in the Old Testament was in the wind. <laughs> wind, storm, rain. So when you're in the midst of your storm and when you are in the midst of the battle, when you are in the midst of the trials that will come if you walk and follow Christ, that is where Jesus is in the midst even more. But see, nobody wants to talk about that because everybody wants to talk about baby Jesus and, and, and peace and joy and everything's going to be wonderful. Right? Let's be true. We want to teach a fluffed up gospel that is not 100% accurate. How are we supposed to make it through this life if we are teaching a partial truth? You can't do it. So let's, let's teach as we consider in our earthly vessels the good, the bad, and the ugly. I would rather, I'm the type of person, I would rather know that if something's not going to be good, just tell me. And I can, and, and I can deal, right? If I know that when I walk across this pavement, it's going to be hot, but I have to do it. Okay. Well, I'm just going to have to deal with it. But what would be the reaction if I have to walk across this pavement and bare feet and it's hot? Nobody tells me I just stroll along. It's going to be a different reaction because it's a different mindset. Correct. Correct. So we need the mindset of knowing that when we follow Jesus, when we accept him, when we get saved, when we finally bow a knee and give ourselves to him, that's when the fight starts. That's when the battle comes. That's why Ephesians 6 is there. Gird up everything in the front to fight, to walk forward. Because if there wasn't a fight, why would we need to put on the armor of God? If there was no fight, there's going to be a fight. So in the midst of the battle, what message does your life give to others about the reality of your faith? Whew, man, that one hit me. 
In what areas do you struggle to live out your faith? A lot of us, I mean, I raised my hand. Finances are a big one. Finances are a big one. We are to be good stewards of what God has given us, right? That's what we're supposed to do because no matter who your employer is, where you receive money, that is given to them to give to you from God, right? Hemphill Brothers, or it used to be Hemphill Brothers, whatever it is now, is not my source. God is my source. And if we continue to have that mindset, God, you are my source. You have given me a seed to sow. I had better sow it. Right? Another area, another area of the question, what areas do you struggle to live out your faith? Could it be fear? Doubt? Man, there, there, there are so many things. But the thing is, is that anything that is not peace, love, joy, fruit of the Spirit, anything that is not that is the devil. Does it mean that it's going to be easy to live out peace, love, joy, faith, patience? Oh, patience. Man, that one hurts me. I, I mean, come on, y'all. Let, let, take a breath. We're all good in here. Patience is hard for me. I don't like crowds. If we pull up to a restaurant and there's a line at the door, guess what? John stays in the truck and says, we're going somewhere else. I, it's hard for me, okay? It really is. Tell it on myself. But if you're praying for a loved one that needs Jesus, where's your patience at? Are we content to put it all together? Because see, you can't, if you're really good at patience, cool. Are you good with the rest of it? Because it takes all of it together to work together, just like baking a good cake. If you leave something out of the ingredients, that cake isn't going to be very good, is it? Right? That's the thing about the word that we've got to get back to. It's the entirety of the word, not just pieces. So we want to blame God when our deliverance hasn't come, our loved one hasn't been saved, our, our bank account is low, but we've given. But are you doing the entirety of the word? Or are you just trying to get your quick fix based on a partiality of the word? Because see, what we'll do is we'll get upset when, when the things that we ask for don't happen. And then it's a very evident where our faith is at. Be mm -hmm. Because if your faith is in Jesus and you put everything you have trusting in him, then you should put everything you have into studying his word and finding out. For by grace are you saved through faith that not of yourself, it is a gift from God. Not of works, lest any man should boast. But that doesn't mean that there are not works to build the kingdom. The word alone, build, right? We're not like genie of the old 70s. You know, we can't just, you know, and bam, it's there. 
It takes work. <laughs> but in that work, what's your mindset? What's your heart posture? So we can go back to that. But I won't do that because we're talking about works. And see, a lot of people don't want to talk about works. They don't want to teach about works because works is kind of a dirty word in the church for some reason. Until it's time for a Saturday work day, and then they want to talk about works all of a sudden. You see, you see what I'm saying? That's why you cannot teach and preach one part when it's convenient. Because if you're like me, I'm like, oh, okay. So you just want to talk about works right now because it's work Saturday and you need people to get here to work. But 51 weeks out of the year, we can't really talk about works because it doesn't. How can we explain faith and works together? Faith without works is dead. It's, it's, it's right there. That, that's how. Right there in our, opening, in our opening passage of James, it explains it very well. If somebody comes to you and I'm cold, I'm hungry, and then you say, God bless you, may you be blessed and get clothed in food and you don't give them anything, <laughs> right? It's really plain. It's right there. Faith believes what God says and acts in line with his word. Faith allows the believer to enter into the rest which God has called all of his people. It acknowledges the completed work of salvation while faithfully obeying every instruction from God. Faith acknowledges the completed work of salvation while, key word, faithfully obeying every instruction from God. Enter the rest promised by God. Mix your faith with God's word. Don't allow rebellion to harden your heart. Devote your whole heart to obeying God and his word. Trust him to do the things he says he will do. So in order to enter into that rest, in order to enter into the peace in order to enter into the joy of our salvation, we must, we must faithfully obey not some of the instructions, but every instruction. To tie it all up, it is up to us to study to show ourselves approved. And a theme that I am going to continue to hammer out, we cannot sit in our pew and expect to be told what to do like robots. Okay, we can't do that. We have to do our part continually, faithfully to know what the word says. I, I referenced Ephesians 6 earlier. You know, there's a key part at the very end of Ephesians 6 that's very interesting because when it talks about putting on the whole armor of God, right, it talks about praying. At the very end, it talks about praying in the Spirit. See, all that is good, but all that is effective when you pray in the Spirit. I was never taught that. So when I'm reading through Ephesians 6 and I get to the end, I'm like, whoa, where'd that come from? 
I never heard that before. But you see, that's how the devil works. That's cool. We'll let them learn the shiny part of the armor, right? That's cool. Learn all that. But it's not activated unless you are praying in the spirit. So that's why it is important to know every aspect of the word. Every aspect. Because at the end of, at the end of time, when we are standing before God, our judge, our jury, our executioner, God the Father, we will be standing there alone and we will have no excuse. Because he will say, I gave you my son and I gave you my word. What did you do with it? What did you do with it? Let me be fair. I'm not saying that he's going to say that specifically. Okay? I don't want anybody. But what did we do with the opportunity that was given to us while we had our time on earth? What did we do with it? Did we faithfully seek? Did we faithfully work towards the kingdom of God? Did we faithfully work to achieve the goal of being saved when we get rid of this fleshly temple? Did we do all we could do? Did we do all we could do? Now is not a time to be mediocre. Let's not be mediocre. Let's be awesome. Let's be awesome. Let's have a real joy, a real peace in this time. Now, I'm closing, I promise. Now, at, at this time of year, is it, is it hard at times because we've lost loved ones? Yeah. You know what? I'm going to be 100% honest. Every year when we're decorating our tree and I, and I get my mom's decorations out, you know, that were hers, and I put it on the tree, yeah, nine and a half times out of ten, I'm shedding a tear. Why? Because I miss my mom. My mom is cool. Wish y'all could have met her, man. She was awesome. I miss her. But my faith that I am walking out is that I'm going to see her again. I'm going to see her again. But yet it's up to me to get to that point by actively working out my faith. Every day, faithfully. Amen? So we can be happy, we can be joyous, we can have peace, but it does take work to get there. Amen? Amen. Father, thank you for this morning. Thank you for your word, God. Thank you for allowing us to learn from you. God, thank you that you are the God of peace and joy and love. Thank you, God, that you are the God of grace. Thank you, Lord, that you have given us grace. Father, I ask, Lord, that right now that you will bring peace to the brokenhearted today. That, God, you will bring joy in their lives. God, those are who are hurting physically, emotionally, God, I pray, Lord, that you will be closer to them now than ever before. God, I just pray, Lord, that you would be the peace that passes all understanding to those who need it today, God. Those in our church, Lord, that we know who have lost loved ones, God, wrap your arms of love around them. Let them know, God, that we are here supporting them, holding their arms up in prayer. 
And Father, I pray that you will continue to give us a heart of compassion for all those around us. Continue, Father, to lead God and direct us. Father, I pray for our pastors right now, God, that you will place a hedge of protection around them. Strengthen them. Continue, God, to pour out your wisdom in them. Lord, as they lead us, allow us to follow their lead, God. Lord, be with this service today, God. I pray that your anointing will flow in this place. I pray, Lord, that the, the, the sick will be healed. Those who are lost will come back to you, Father. God, we pray for those miracles, signs, and wonders in this service today. God, we love you, we praise you, and we thank you. And it's in Jesus' name we pray, amen and amen.